Sony is very lucky that his father is a better person than Oli. And I think you, 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 you are an ostrich. Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day, he's the biggest fool in Manchester. And that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one <laughs> wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Baller Boys podcast. I'm your host, Vis. And today with me are my two very close friends. I have Rahul. Hello, hello. And Kaiser. Hey, everyone. So, guys, we just want to say thank you very much for the continuous support that you've shown so far. It's been very encouraging. And uh, we hope that you're enjoying these podcasts that we're releasing. And uh, today's podcast is going to be a bit different. Um, I understand that the previous pods, the pre-season ones, were mainly teams that we chose that we wanted to do a highlight on go through the overview of the team, the transfers they've been making and looking forward into the league. But this podcast, we're going to have three main segments and all these coming podcasts are going to be the same. So the first segment would cover the hot topics revolving around the world of football. And then the second segment, we're going to review some of the matches, some of the notable matches that we think that is worthy talking about. (laughs) And um, in the third segment, we're going to do preview of the upcoming bigger games that we want to talk about as well. So guys, the fans are back. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's so good. It's so good. Um, not only just watching on the TV screen, but also yesterday, you know, we were, well, we want to say the Bola boys were, were there, but I was lucky. <laughs> 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 I think everyone knew. But uh, I was lucky enough to um, get a ticket for the first home game at Anfield against Burnley. Um, That's cool. For someone who's only been at Anfield literally a handful of times. I think that was like my sixth or seventh time. Uh, you know it's, it's nice. a privilege nice. and it's, it's uh, something I it's like a big day out for me you know like I am like I literally feel like yeah. a child the night before you know super excited and like people who go to game like every week <laughs> I'll probably be like oh come on bro it's just it's just a game but uh, <laughs> no there's no. millions around the world who don't yeah, get to so exactly. yeah everyone was messaging like you're in Lon- you're in Liverpool <laughs> yeah people are like, like oh uh, you get tickets I was like honestly I don't know myself I managed to just stumble upon this um, took advantage of the kindness of a couple of strangers so it was so good but obviously coming back to the point Vis that you're making I think it makes such a difference even you guys were saying you know watching the games over the last couple of weeks having the crowd there and you know when it's artificial last year when they were putting in the artificial sound uh, fan noise you can definitely tell the difference. yeah that was strange yeah uh, it's fake <laughs> yeah, the small nuances and the way crowds react and the songs they're singing. Um, it was great. It was great. And I think you can see it on the pitch as well. The football's been so much more enjoyable. Yeah, and the players reacting to, to all that as well. You can clearly yeah, see. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So and many of them lucky Liverpool city, right? one as well, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, honestly, right, I went in with a mentality, okay, like, fuck it. Even if we lost, just being there just for the occasion, mm. I think I would have still been okay. Obviously, yeah. I'd be... Wouldn't yeah, have been yeah, as, yeah. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't have been as uh, positive <laughs> if we had lost to Burnley but uh, yeah it was such a good day out such a good day out hopefully a few more this season as well but we'll see so yeah on that note uh, Liverpool are back on top right now uh, they've had two pretty good games I mean they started strong uh, Van Dijk is back uh, most of the team is back and they've been playing very well City had a tough start um, losing to Spurs, but, you know, then again, they bounced back, beating Norwich 5-0. That's the typical City we all know. Chelsea United, uh, they've played their first games so far and uh, pretty, pretty good as well. Good start, strong start. 
just to note, um, at the time of recording, we're recording this at Sunday uh, evening. So some of the matches have not been played, which are part of the second game week. So we have United playing later tonight, Chelsea playing later tonight as well. So, uh, yeah, from the big teams, all pretty good starts. Um, but the surprise so far for me, um, I think Leeds have been a bit poor. Um, the first game, I understand, you know, losing to United 5-1. But even the second game against Everton that we saw last night, um, I, uh, me and Kaiser watched that game. It wasn't yeah. so great, right, Kaiser? Yeah, I mean, we'll go touch on a bit in detail later. Yeah. But yeah, generally, they've been, they've been uh, pretty poor. The way they've lost the ball so easily and yeah, the way they play just has... There's so much space yeah. even for Everton, yeah. And Surpri- I was told that Leeds, you know... Because um, they had a full pre-season, not many of their players... Season, yeah, I was just going to say that. So it's, um, International exactly. duty, yeah. Exactly. Interesting. So yeah, maybe hopefully they'll pick up their, se- their, their, their fixtures turn for the better in the coming game week. So hopefully we'll see them, you know, turn the results their way. So besides Leeds, um, out of the promoted teams, I think Brentford are doing relatively well. They beat Arsenal in their first game. So that's three points. Second game, yeah, drew to Crystal Palace, nil-nil. But, you know, two clean sheets for a promoted team in their first two games. I think that's pretty good. They're doing pretty well. Yep. And then besides uh, Brentford, Brighton doing uh, pretty decent as well. Uh, two out of two wins and they're sitting second on the table as of the time of recording. And I just want to say, uh, guys, um, this season, with the fans being back, of course, that's that's a big, big plus. Uh, I would say that the, the teams are more balanced this season. I mean, mm. when you talk about City squad, look at Chelsea squad, look at Liverpool, look at United. These teams, all of them have uh, a chance at the title, I would say. You know, if everything goes well, you know, either of these four teams can actually win the title. So I'm, I'm trying to say, that I'm, not, I'm not trying to say that, oh, United are going to challenge for the title or anything like that. <laughs> you know, let's not get carried away. But what I'm trying to say is, as opposed to the previous seasons, uh, in the last two, three seasons, it was always a two-horse race between Liverpool and City. But this season, it's been a bit more balanced and it's more exciting, more competitive. Um, yeah, so, I think yeah. especially Chelsea and United are strengthening. Those are the two key key ones, I think. So yeah, on that note, um, guys, Chelsea strengthening. So they've brought in big signing Lukaku. What are your thoughts? I mean, there's no doubt he's an elite finisher. Um, as you can see in his past record in, in Europe. I think in 1920, he scored 31 goals, 51 games. The next season, 30 goals in 44 games. He's looking leaner and fitter from his time yeah. uh, at United. I think there's loads of pictures circling around. Is this a thing? Is this a thing that he was fat at United? Because I've seen so much of yeah, this. Oh, he's come back now and he's yeah. so fit. He's so lean. He's a professional footballer. Like, surely he wasn't <laughs> fat before. No, but the pictures are quite telling. Right? Unless no, they chose like pre-season I, yeah. pictures or something. What I'm, what I'm seeing is, I don't remember Lukaku being that fat, bro. Like, they're just overdoing no, it yeah, now. Yeah. You know? yes, I, I think he's that um, as well. Yeah. It's like, wow, look at yeah, him, he's, he's so lean. He went sure. to Italy and he lost so much of this weight. No, okay, let's, let's be real. Um, oh, the bloody but I mean, pasta. coming back to that question, I think I think he'll do well. I think he'll do really well uh, for two reasons. I think he's 28 years old, so he's coming into his prime now. He's, as mm. you were saying that, Kaiser, what, uh, better than one in two, um, a better goal yep. record than one in two, right? So, I mean, that's what you look for in a, in a elite yeah. striker. And he's coming into a team which is already so good, you know, champions of Europe. They're already a stacked squad. Um, I think he'll only complement them further. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm just interested to see um, how he'll fit in because, I mean, okay, yes, um, he's a fast player as well, but he plays with his back to goal a lot of the time as well and loves to turn uh, the last defender. I think Werner and Harvard's 
offer very different things. Um, yes, they created a lot of chances. You'd think that Lukaku would come in, he can fit in and he can uh, put away all those chances, but he might change the way they play as well. So I'm just interested to see how he fits in. Yeah, he's he's overall, I, I at his time at United, he was never a flop in my personal opinion. Um, he had goals, I mean... Like like we we talked about his 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 goal scoring record I think over the nine last nine seasons always one goal in two games so he's been a consistent goal scorer uh, he's strong he's pacey decent finisher but he has a poor first touch you know that's the that's the thing with Lukaku right so many many of the Chelsea fans have been telling me oh under Conte he's improved his first touch and all that yeah this is what I like the most you know. At United, they were giving him so much shit, bro. But when Lukaku's back here, right, at Chelsea, oh, Lukaku, world-class striker, bro. World-class <laughs> striker, you know? So, like, yeah. overall, I'm would I I, I, I I'm outside Rahul. I'm going to say he's going to do well, but he's not going to, for me, I mean, these are strong words, but I don't think he's going to be 100 million good, you know? Like, really? wow, top scorer, what's, golden what's good. What's 100 yeah, million good? No. What's 100 million good? Uh, 100 million good for Let's me. Let's put it in be, terms uh, of goals. Golden boots, golden boot, golden boot, golden boot. Okay. But, 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 but that's boot. relative, right? A golden boot is relative. You could have 300 million players. So just because okay. you win. Let's, um, let's say goals, objective goals. 100, 100 million goals. good, fine. 25. 25 30. goals. 30? 30 Come on. 35 goals. 35 goals. Yeah, really? Wow. No. Wait. So you're not saying in the, you mean overall? Oh, no, 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 not in the league. Oh, not in the league. Overall, 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 30? That's how he goes season, for the five yeah, yeah, 30 goals for full season. But yeah, he's not going to flop. No way he's going to flop. He's going to score. For sure he's going to score. I think he'll get at and least... 30 goals in the league. Yeah, at least 20... No, no, not in the league. 20 goals in the league, at least. Okay, yeah, yeah, overall. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. And that's 100... I think that's I think all in this market, 100 million for someone who gets you 30 goals across the season. I think that's... That's fine. I think that's about par, yeah. Moving on, another goal scorer, Harry Kane. What's going on with him, huh? I think he's gone, you know. I think he's all put in place already. Uh, the only reason I say that is just you see the way Spurs are spending the money. If you if Harry Kane wasn't moving, I don't think they would have made the signings they are making. I don't think they'd be spending the money King. they're spending. So I think they're doing yeah. the same thing how they did it with Bale. I, I can't remember which whether they sold him first and then spent the money or they spent the money and sold him. But they uh, it's very similar. Yeah. It screams to me how what they did with Bale where they're trying to spread that spread those funds across the squad the funds. Uh, yeah. yeah so uh, yeah I think he's yeah even I think it's pretty much done uh. but no. did you see in the, the no. documentary the all or nothing one uh, Daniel Levy said what um, I only like to do business uh, the last three days of the transfer window oh really so probably we'll see then la. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, yeah. he'll go he'll go well a big thing is Kane a big thing they mentioned similar to Sterling he doesn't they don't have actual like, external agents they're either handling it themselves or like his family basically are his agents which they say like big agents help with all these negotiations and stuff like that. So, um, interesting. Yeah, might be why it's so delayed. All right, all right. But um, so the benefactor is going to be City. So we'll talk about City in our next segment, and um, yeah, catch you in the next one. So City versus Spurs. Let's talk about that game first, and. Um, for those of you who don't know or probably missed it, uh, City lost that game to Spurs 1-0. And um, City also played last night against Norwich. The second game week, they won 5-0. So, um, Rahul, maybe you want to shed some light on the differences between both the matches or maybe you want to talk about the first one? 
Yeah, actually, I'm I'm glad we decided to record after City had played their second game, um, because there's such a contrast between both the games. Um, I think everything that Spurs did well, Norwich didn't do well. Um, mm-hmm. to begin with, I think uh, Norwich played exactly how City would have wanted them to play. play. So they pressed yeah. the ball. Mm-hmm. They they had a high line, but they didn't press well. So they okay. pressed the uh, first line of City's attack, right? Um, without putting any pressure on their ball-playing fullbacks, their ball-playing midfielders. And you saw that Daniel Farker in his post-match interview, he said, I'm so disappointed we considered the same goal four times. And it was exactly the same goal. Whether on it was right Kyle side. Walker or whether... Yeah, literally. Whether it's Kyle Walker or one of the mids, they were finding space in between um, Gibbs... I think it was Gibson side. Gibson and uh, the left-back, his name I forget now. And they kept on just finding their ball in between. They find the ball in between, and Jesus, one of the best games I've ever seen from him. I don't know. I don't know if you guys. I might be wrong on this, but I've never seen him playing wide before. Normally, I've seen him through yeah, the middle. I, on the right, I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if it's a preseason thing that they've tried out because I don't think I've seen him. On they've the tried right, to work on. Uh, yeah, right. but he was. He, I mean, he was. He was really good. Um, yeah. How much of that was Norwich making him look good? But he was. He was great. Kept on <laughs> making the timing of the one thing about Jesus, right? The timing of his runs timing, off the shoulder yeah. is Im- so immaculate. Good. And I think now with yeah. VAR as well, they're giving. Slightly more allowance to attackers, he was uh, spot on, and that's why what he got two assists yesterday, two assists yeah. off the shoulder, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, and they literally scored the same goal four times. So to bring it back to the Spurs game, I thought Spurs was so good at shutting them down in the fullback areas and in the midfield areas. They weren't able to pick that pass behind the defense, um, and then we'll come on to talk about Jack Grealish after as well. But I think that's what Spurs did really well. Tanganga had a fantastic game. You know, mm. he didn't afford any space in between him and his centre-back and they couldn't go on the outside of him either. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the fact they played so, so think... narrow um, Spurs as well. They trusted a lot for Tanganga to do what he did, basically, which is one-on-ones with the winger. And he did yeah. really yeah. well. And he, he was man of the match for me. Um, actually, no, I think, I think yeah, he was. it's difficult. Because I think Lucas Mora in possession was fantastic as well. Fantastic. fantastic so the one bro. thing City... Even pre-season... Sorry, preseason Mora also was very very sharp, and I just thought you know preseason mm. I don't think he will. But yeah, that performance from Mora was so important. The three of them, Son, Bergwijn, and and uh, Mora, Mora, right? Yeah. They all of them had to defend. You know, the three of them also defended from the front foot. So, yeah, like uh, you can see Nuno's footprint there. You know, in, in yeah. that that, that, yeah. that sort of. And so it's so funny we say uh, about it. Yeah. About Tuchel. We like, well, we yeah. said Tuchel, Tuchel has uh, Guardiola's number. I think Nuno has it. Even with Wolves, he's got two yeah. wins over City, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's, yeah, there's something exactly. there. And I'm again, I, I probably am too low level to analyze the exact nuances about what he does that Guardiola <laughs> teams don't like. But it's definitely yeah. something to do with obviously not letting them settle the ball in those sort of inside, fo- uh, inside fullbacks and their midfielders and pick a pass. And then yeah. they progress the ball so aggressively. Mora son Bergwijn, the moment yeah. they turn that possession on the counter, yeah, Mora was scary. so good to watch. He just yeah. drove. Like, he literally ran at them. He upgraded. La. He had Traore <laughs> in Wolves. Yeah, basically. And yeah. now he has three, like, monsters in uh, Spurs, yeah. basically. You can all run. Very good 100%. game for Nuno. Very, very good game, man. And it's so funny because oftentimes you see the opposite way. So, a team who manages uh, a Wolves or... Uh, I'm thinking I'm, I'm almost referring to Sam Allardyce when they get a job with better players they use the same tactics and it doesn't translate but I think Nuno it might be the opposite way 
So you know his tactics at Wolves mm. um yes fine they you know they were able to achieve eighth place finishes seventh place finishes but I think maybe with Spurs with a better players now they're using the same sort of tactics yeah. we might mm. see um we might see them uh, benefit from this obviously better players because Arma Troy like you said Kaiser so good at progressing the ball but his final ball final you know it's finishing it's terrible yeah. I've never yeah. seen someone with such bad end product <laughs> Um, but we're digressing so I think I, no but he was seen <laughs> yeah. so bad but you know what's the, the uh, weird thing is he scores some crackers you know sometimes yeah but yeah, after, after, after like yeah, every, eventually after 20, event, every 20 one shots in 10, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah one in 10 is a compliment I don't think it's even that easy. yeah exactly I don't think so definitely not but I think he's okay, himself <laughs> no yeah. without that yeah. <laughs> they spend a lot of money on oil right so people can't catch it yeah Um, I think that's what they did. I think when you play City, right, you have to be front foot yourself. You have mm. to not let them settle on the ball and all these things are simple things. I mean, everyone sees this, but doing it is a whole another thing. Yeah. Uh, and to be so disciplined dif- throughout. Yes. Throughout and uh, yes, well. correct. Yeah. And the other thing was the personnel. I mean, against the Spurs game, you had Mendy at left back and I don't think Yeah. City fans are fan of Mendy neither is Pep. <laughs> I was going to mention um, that Cancelo back. On the left with Walker, Cancelo yeah. back to the left and then Kyle Walker on the right. I think Kyle Walker has had a tremendous 18 months, you know. Last season with City, the Euros, he was fantastic and I think he's going to yeah. carry on um, with it again. Again, he played one of the balls between the centre-back and the left-back for one of the goals yesterday and yeah, yeah. I think he'll, he'll carry Correct. on. He'll carry on his form. So I think again, personal, you get personal coming back, obviously you'll see a big change and then the massive caveat here is Spurs are a much better team than Norwich. Um, Norwich have come up from the Championship Liverpool yeah. ship. I mean Liverpool put three past them yesterday uh, last week as well. Um mm. so it's interesting two games are very small sample but those are the small things I sort of thought you can take away from both games. So I think the main difference um personally would be that if City had a in and out striker for the first game at least um against Spurs I think could have been different could have been 1-1 maybe City even nick it. Well a uh, credit must go to Spurs as well. Uh, but I really think uh, City still need a striker more than anything. Yeah, you can you know you can say the last game five nil against Norwich they didn't have a striker, mm. they still scored five, five goals. goals yeah. yeah, yeah. But the big games, the big games, you're not going to play Norwich in the Champions League final or anything, bro. You you still need that in and out striker, and that's my personal opinion. Yeah, and I think that's what I think that's what Pep sees as well. I think he wants an elite finisher again. Um, I think without without Guerrero's departure, especially and Jesus not being uh, the most clinical over the years, he's, he's been there. I think he definitely. Uh, I mean, and if you have the money, why not go for the best finisher in the league, right? I've got two questions around around that point. So the first question is for 150 million, which is what they're touting they're going to sign Harry Kane for. Mm. Surely it makes more sense. You're talking about finisher, right? Surely that makes more sense to spend that money on someone like a Haaland, who that 150 million is going to last you over the next 10 years. You're buying someone already playing at an elite level yeah. who will be playing at an elite level for the next 10 years. The second question I have is this. You said, yeah, fine. They shipped five past Norwich yesterday without a you know traditional number nine. They made a yeah. Champions League final and won the league without a number nine. You know, so yeah. why is it such a necessity to to fill okay, this so position? They, I don't, I don't for get me, it. For me, it's like, it's like uh, okay, last season they won the league, yes. But they scored what? Kaiser, you had the numbers. They scored what? 20 less goals than the previous seasons. Yeah, more than that. And then um I just feel it's not sustainable in my personal opinion. Maybe the the game is evolving, maybe I'm behind here, but I don't think it's sustainable to sort of 
you know, go on without uh, a number, a proper number nine. Like the whole of City's recent success, right, over the last ten years has been on the back of like Aguero. You know, Aguero mm. is has made sort of City who you know City are, and and he's so important. And he, there's a void that City need to fill. So yeah, fine, they won the league and they lost the Champions League final. But probably if they had a striker, they would have won the Champions League final and the league as well. You know, this is this is what I'm saying, and I think any City mm. fan would agree with me as well. So yeah, yeah I really yeah, think possibly. yeah, City need a proper number nine. Still. Yeah, I, th- I think we do see also the game evolving. A lot of teams don't have a uh, proper number nines. I think with Liverpool, especially with Mane and Salah yeah. on the wings, a lot of teams have false nines. I mean, Greenwood yeah. you see playing as a false nine. Um, yeah. as well basically and linking up play uh, and all but I s- feel that City don't have enough of a clinical finish- finishes on the on the wings right like Sterling and all they don't put up co- enough consistent numbers so I think to yeah, ha- they want to exactly. make sure they have that consistent elite finisher I think. like bro I just want to pick one point that I I watched the whole game that City and Spurs game there was this one chance Ferran Torres had it was like a like a half chance sort of you know but if you had put Vardy in that position, it would have been a goal, 100%. It would have been a goal. You know, he had yeah. that one chance. It was from a free kick or from a corner. I can't remember. You know, it was just a cross goal. So, yeah, his moments like that where I feel like an in-and-out number nine would, would bag those goals. Like an Aguero would bag that goal, you know. But I think the Haaland argument is a great one. especially Yeah, with very che- good argument. With though. Chelsea yeah. buying Lukaku, surely che- uh, City are in the... In yeah. the front seat too. And Haaland's dad played for City as well. So, exactly. <laughs> there's yeah, that the connection, connection there, right? So yeah, moving on. Let's talk about the other side of Manchester. Manchester United. So the first game against Leeds. Um, as uh, I just want to remind you all again, at the time of recording, United have not played yet. They'll play later tonight uh, against Southampton. But we'll talk about the game versus Leeds. 5-1. So Bruno Fernandes was the man of the match uh, with a hat-trick and his first hat-trick for the club. So far, Bruno Fernandes has 43 goals and 25 assists across six uh, across 81 appearances. So that's 68 goal <laughs> involvements in 81 appearances. And I think that is outstanding form. Uh, we saw a, a dip sort of towards the end of last season. And even Ole had come out and said that, you know, he overplayed Fernandes. And I think it was due to a burnout. And... Um, we I, I, the Fernandez that I saw against um, Leeds was a very fresh, you know, pumped up. I'm just gonna go for it, sort of Fernandez, you know, and and that was the Fernandez that was very evident in the beginning of last season as well. So maybe I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit biased here, but I feel a fresh Fernandez is a a really really top top elite player. So I would say, and he had a great game. And another person that I wanted to highlight was Greenwood as well. Greenwood played fantastic that game. And Oli kept praising him, right? I'll remember you mentioned. <laughs> He's a man now. Grown <laughs> <laughs> up. So, yeah, he really is a man now, you know. When you talk about his, his <laughs> off-the-ball movement, you know, against Leeds especially, you know, his, his movement is what created those half spaces for Pogba and Bruno to attack. Yep. And, yeah, Greenwood very was manly no sort movements. of involved. Yeah, very manly <laughs> movements. I mean, that goal, that goal, bro, that he scored, that one goal that put us 2-1 up. The pass from Pogba, first of all, very, very beautiful yeah. pass. Uh, but for yeah, him to yeah. take it at that speed, at sprinting at that speed, and, 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 and Greenwood has this thing where if he's going to finish with his left leg, he will sort of set the ball with his right leg first, push it in front and smash it, you yeah, know, every time. And he gets it so good. His timing is so good. I think, yeah, we, we all know that Greenwood is an elite finisher, but yeah, what was impressive is the link-up play in that game. I think yeah. the caveat is that, yes, Leeds... Um, had gave so much space uh, to United. They made the space 
they made a pitch so huge and they kept on losing the ball, which ball. meant uh, people like Pogba and Greenwood were having a field day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was <laughs> impressive. Um, what what I, I was just going to ask is, you know, what happens when, okay, Sancho as well. So we got Sancho, that's one thing. And then when Rashford mm-hmm. comes back from his injury, what would you say is uh, United's best front three? You know, now that you've seen yeah. Greenwood perform, I mean, it's, again, it's such a small sample size. Yeah. But what? who would you start your front three? My front three would be simple. It would be um, Cavani up top. behind. It's a 4-2-3-1. I'll play a 4-2-3-1. Cavani up top, Rashford on the left, Sancho on the right, Bruno Fernandes uh, and CAM, and then Pogba alongside someone we haven't signed yet, a CDM, a proper CDM, <laughs> I would say. That would be United's No space for Greenwood. Lineup. Yeah. So, okay, fine. Let's talk about Pogba. I think we we have to talk about Pogba. You know, I've been getting some slack for the 30 million. <laughs> Abuse. <laughs> 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 so yes, I admit everyone. I admit thirty million was a bit too low lah for him, ah. Thirty-five lah now. But that doesn't change that performance. You know, four assists, one game, amazing performance. You know, it, let's be positive here. I mean, very very brilliant performance from Pogba. First Manchester United player to get four assists in one game, and among seven other players in the history of the Premier League to to do that. You know, four assists in one game, but. My question is, will this be consistent? We've seen this type of Pogba before, you know. I've seen mm. him in spurts here and there, you know. This is what he can do. Pogba, on his on his day, he can do anything he wants. He can be the best yeah. midfielder in the world, you know. But consistency, that's the only thing. Consistency is the only thing. Yeah, the big games, the big games. But in football, they always say, you know, certain players like playing against certain teams. And I think Pogba against Leeds is definitely a prime example of that. The way Leeds play, where they're so aggressive with their man-to-man press. Um, yeah. And when you play against a team like United, who have players who can easily turn you on the half turn, uh, can easily beat a man and bypass yeah. that press, that's where a player like Pogba, with all that space, with all those three, yeah. four runners in front of him, is going to thrive. Whether he can yeah. do this, again, a very low set block, say if he comes across a Burnley, uh, say he comes yeah. across yeah. a Brighton, who are super organized, where you won't get that type yeah. of freedom... Uh, I yeah. think that's where the question is. Like you said, there's no question about the talent. There's no question that mm. he, you know, he can be a world beater on the day. It's just that whether he can do it given different circumstances rather than the optimal circumstance that was against Leeds who were terrible. Against the bigger teams who can act, who can press very effectively uh, on him. Uh, yeah, see how he handles the, the yeah, pressure. Yeah, let's see, let's see. But good, you know, credit to him. Amazing performance. I'm not going to take that away from him. Hopefully, no, he produces 100%. this. Hopefully, he becomes yep. the... You know, the, finally, Ole has found the key la, to unlock him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm still praying. I'm still praying. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's talk about Leeds. Let's talk about Leeds, yeah. From yeah. goal kick, what happened was, it was Greenwood and... Oh, I'm so sorry. Who's the um, right winger? Dan James. Yeah, Dan James. Sorry. Dan James. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about Dan James. What? <laughs> yeah. Dan so, James. Dan James and Greenwood <laughs> was the ones who, who sort of push uh, the center backs to 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 the they, they pin them down basically to go go wide and what happened was uh, Mesley had to play the ball high ball all the time he had to yeah. play a long ball so yeah. what yeah. Leeds Klitsch. sort of did was Klitsch and Rodrigo pushed up so high because they tried to you know they tried to cut everything and just play the long ball there was so much space in the middle and it was yeah. Koch all alone you know down yeah. there yeah and Koch yeah. was a lot less mobile a lot less mobile yeah. than uh, Phillips right uh, Phillips and this goes to show really, yeah. the, the importance the significance of Calvin Phillips in that Leeds team you know there are not many players in the league that can play like what Calvin P- Phillips does for Leeds especially that one 
deep line midfielder who can pass, who can tackle, who can create. You know, he has a bit of everything, and and that's why he was so outstanding also in the Euros. You know, he was he's such a important player for Leeds, and him not being present hurt Leeds a lot. Yeah, but the thing is though. So again, we look at the. I hundred percent agree with you. I think Leeds are much mm. better at Phillips in the side. Yeah, yeah. Um, he um, he's very good in sort of initiating the press in midfield, and uh, that sets the whole team going after that. But where we see the problem is again against Everton yesterday. We've got the hindsight of looking at two games. It's not just the yeah. United game here against yeah. Everton. Again, they were pretty poor. Uh, yeah, I don't think they were they they were good. Yeah, they got the point in the end. But I think the problem is with the way Leeds play. Um, they're almost flat track bullies in the sense that I think playing this high press system against sort sort of weaker teams it yields a lot of success. But when you play against good players, um, you get hurt. So against United, yeah. I think, um, you know, it's a good thing Cavani wasn't playing because I think Cavani would have wrecked that backline. You know, yeah. with his movement and um, mobility, I think definitely Cavani would have definitely enjoyed the game. <laughs> But again, when you play against someone, you know, a team like Leeds, mid table, sorry, Leeds against Everton sort of upper mm. mid-table team, when you've got players who can beat the press, who can turn you, that's when yeah. you come into a lot of problems. And that's what was happening yesterday as well. Yeah. They struggle to yeah. get on the yeah. ball. They they look sloppy in possession as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Very sloppy. They couldn't string like five, six passes together. Really, yeah. they just couldn't, yeah. you know? Again, they kept losing the ball. Yeah. Even though Phillips was there, he he struggled as well, I think, um, with, the, with the system. I think Everton, they had some, they had some good uh, plays yesterday, especially with the Corey... Uh, Gray in the team as well. They 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 tried to hurt Leeds and they got into good positions as well. So I think Leeds were lucky to get away with a draw as well yesterday. Ellen Road helped a lot. I mean, yeah, Ellen Road was bouncing yeah, yesterday. Ellen Road was wow, mad. yeah. Even It's their so first funny. goal, Leeds didn't have anything, bro. I I watched the whole game. Leeds didn't do anything the whole game, and that that goal came from a long ball from Ailing, and then Rafinha sort of put Bamford through, and it was Keane's mistake. Keane, God knows what the hell he was doing up up there. He pushed up and they and they just scored from that, you know. That sort of like yeah. resurrected them, and then one one, and then Gray put them off again. Two one, they were in control. Everton were, you know. And the, the way side. and the way Gray did it, he just made a run, right? He beat yeah, two three players, yeah. bypassed the press, and yeah. then you're, yeah, yeah. But so I, think I, I think what happened I, what, this season, yeah. you might see a lot uh, of quite a few more teams sort of, uh, you know, trying to figure out ways to bypass the way they play. Because mm. like Bielsa is all or nothing. He has to do it. He has to play the way they play. There's yeah. no sort of uh, give there. So I think even when your Hamni goes down of... against United, yeah, kept playing the he's same. He's not. Way. He's not reactive. He doesn't prepare for a specific type of opponent. He just plays his football, bro. Yeah. But I think as yeah, long that's... as he can play like that against the uh, the lower half of the teams, I think. I mean, yeah, it depends I what it, right, it depends right. what's Leeds' ambition. I guess if they really want into Europe, I don't think it's possible to keep on playing like this. But if they just want to be in the top half of the table. Yeah, the yeah. I mean, they finished ninth last season, so let's see. All right, then let's let's move on to our next segment since we've reviewed the matches already. Um, let's talk about the upcoming games. Catch you later. So the first upcoming, 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 upcoming. <laughs> the first upcoming <laughs> game <laughs> that we want to talk about is Liverpool at home to Chelsea. Um, I don't think this time will be s- as straightforward as before. 
I don't think Chelsea will be able to use the same tactics as they did the previous time. The long balls over the top to hurt the Liverpool defensive high line. I mean, Van Dijk is back. He's and back. I just want to ask you guys, uh, how confident are you for this game against I, Chelsea? Come on. I mean, more confident than last season's one, I would say. Um, and also more recently because I think Robertson will be back. Fabinho's... Uh, should be back as well. Um, and then I think basically we'll have our full squad, uh, basically. But Chelsea are still a very, very good outfit with Lukaku coming in. Um, Lukaku's back. Exactly. <laughs> Romelu. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you guys but, would fit it yeah. in somehow. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that we have a full squad, I think uh, we, we have a better chance uh, Yeah, this time around. Alright, and yeah. I thought Liverpool have been solid so far. I mean, uh, the Norwich match was... I mean, the, okay lah, fine. The first 20 minutes, I thought, wow, can Norwich actually do something here? But then after that Jota goal, that's it. You silenced the crowd and it was just Liverpool lah from then on. It's Very professional, professional yeah. performance, yeah. Oh my god, Van Dijk as well. I mean, you just mentioned Van Dijk. Like, his diagonal balls in Norwich, especially that game. He just set up so many of our attacks. He makes such a big difference at the back, but also... Going forward, yeah, his um, long balls are really so good. Yeah, la. so gets, good, la. so accurate, like a midfielder, you know. Like yeah, most of the time, it lands on the winger. Or if it doesn't, like we'll press the um, second ball as well, and usually get that. So it's so so effective. I think this season we'll we'll really appreciate everything we've lost from the injuries last year. <laughs> That'll be you know, it's, it's so, it's, <laughs> from what we are gaining compared to last year I think we'll definitely so something like you said Kaiser, those diagonal balls now is when you see it play you're like so wow. apparent as well now so obvious yeah. it just gets us up the field and like you said that we can press that second ball so well Jota does that so well um, so yeah it's just nice to nice to have them back but coming back to the Liverpool-Chelsea game this, I think this is the first proper test I mean which goes without saying all respect to Norwich and Burnley but you know if a team wants to be challenging <laughs> for the Premier League <laughs> no but I mean if a team wants <laughs> yeah, to be yeah, challenging true, true, for the league you have to you have to beat these teams right there's no two ways about yeah it. I have to so of that's course, fine obviously you're happy as you know if you're a Liverpool fan you're happy for the six points there but this is the proper yeah. acid test right this is uh, we'll, we'll test Liverpool in two aspects can they get back to scoring consistently like they did two years ago are they going to have the mm. problems they had last year and the more the bigger question than that is yes we've got a personal back Van Dijk is back Matip is back I think Robertson will be back, which is good. All credit to Simikas. I think he deputized very well. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the big question mark would be defensively, how are we going to do? Title okay. winning season was built upon defensive yeah. solidity. Uh, sure. You know, we need to get back to um, Anfield being somewhere where you, very, where you find it very, very, very difficult to score one goal, let alone two, three. Um, so we'll see. Two big yeah. questions. Okay, I want to yeah. quickly ask you guys something, huh? Do you think Van Dyke would he'll be back to his prime? It's like, do you think he can come back? I mean, it's it's tough to say. I mean, we can only hope. Um, it is sometimes a career-changing uh, injury for people. Right? Um, yeah, ACL. exactly. It's it's um, not a small injury. You can also, speak you know, for yourself, so uh, this. You've gone uh, through the same. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> never the same. <laughs> never the same on the futsal pitch again. Playing at that high level. <laughs> yeah, or never seen. Or never night. seen on a futsal pitch up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we can only hope. But I think, yeah, touching on the defense overall, I mean, we did concede quite a few chances. I mean, Alisson makes some of the stuff look so easy uh, and some key saves he made. 
simple things he does like catching crosses and punching um, like out of corners like Burnley tried to cross so many times and he made it look so comfortable but yet even in both games he made some crucial save especially the yeah. Norwich game um, so yeah but definitely organised compared to last season this season y'all are much more organised at the back yep yep that's, that's for the sure the, guy, for the way sure. y'all play your offside traps and all that like yesterday's Burnley game so good so so Martip good Martip has been excellent as yeah, well yeah yeah but the well. question is again is a big difference against Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood uh, when you play against <laughs> oh, yeah. Kaku, Mount, you know what I mean? I think so. I yeah. think it's a big question. And even then, right, Dwight McNeil, who I think is a great player, he he caused a bit of trouble yesterday. Uh, we still considered, you know, Allison still had to pull off quite a few saves. So I think saves, it's still a yeah. big question mark. Like, still, it's still a big um, uh, something that they need to answer. But still, uh, two clean sheets back to back. I still think it's good, decent. For sure. But Chelsea, different animal. Uh, let's let's talk a bit about Chelsea la, and their game. Kaiser, you wanna you wanna maybe talk about that, the game against Palace. Yeah, I mean, um, again, we've only seen uh, one game at the point of uh, recording, and um, yeah, it's without uh, Lukaku, James, Kante, Chilwell, who are still to come in. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can take too much away from that game, although they did look very strong. And the fact that all these people are still coming in, uh, their squad depth looks very, very good for this season. I expect them to challenge uh, for the yeah. title, for sure. Um, Do you think Chelsea have a better squad than City overall? Would you say? Oof. Oof. Um, that's a good question, that's, right? That's tough to say. I think, I think both of them are up there. Both of them are up mm. there by themselves, right? So it's between both of yeah. them. I think depth not as much though as uh, City. I think defensive yeah. and centre mid, uh, especially like attacking Chelsea is, yeah. Good lah, actually Chelsea's like second I don't know. team. I think I think they really they have good players. Even defensively, definitely up good, there though. You know, yeah, it's good. It'd be I think the coin toss between both of them, between uh, who's got a better squad. Um, yeah. But I mean, so you think Lukaku will start the game? The Liverpool game? Yeah. I think so. I think he he won't start today against Arsenal. I think he'll probably yeah. come off the bench. So it'll be interesting to mm. see what he does with the front three. Whether he'll play a front three which includes Lukaku, or whether he'll do a f- uh, four-two-three-one. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I'm really excited be to, interesting see, to see um, what he goes for. Um, I think Mount and Havertz probably will be the two starters on either side. Pulisic is COVID positive. Um, Oh, I don't know. Maybe he, would he play a two with Werner as well? Um, yeah, so many I ways think that's a good. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I think that could be a potential lineup. Whatever the case be, when, when every time, uh, I mean, post-match interviews or whatnot with Tuchel, right, he always mentions, um, he, sorry, he always talks about how he wants to prep the team to support Lukaku. So Lukaku's nailed on. He's going to be the main leading man up front. You know, there's, there's no two ways about it. But to see who would support, because Havertz can play in a two as well. And then there's Werner as well. So it'll be interesting to see lah, what happens. It'll be very, very interesting to see. I think Lukaku definitely will cause us a different sort of problem that we've not faced so far this season, definitely. Yeah. Ashley Barnes and Chris Wood, I think Matip and Van Dijk were quite happy with that challenge. They you yeah. know, both are very aerially dominant, so I think they were happy with that. I think Lukaku is such a well-rounded striker. He can do it in the air, he can turn you, he can make the run off the shoulder as well. Um, and even if you sort him, then you've got you know fantastic players like Mount Harvards, um, Pulisic yeah. is an option. I don't know if he yeah. starts with Werner. There's someone who can play off Lukaku on the second balls. I think yeah, I think he's going to be a big, big, big challenge um, for Liverpool against Chelsea. They they cause so many problems in so many ways. I mean, defensively, Chelsea I think one of the best teams in the league, if not the best, to 
team in the league for me mm. defensively lah especially so, you can't I mean, take coming yeah, back yeah i can't take coming back i mean it'd be hard for you all to score as well yep um yeah. but what are your thoughts uh, g- 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 like win no win draw win lah at home I think a tight game. I'll, I'll say a draw. Draw? Really? Huh? Yeah, I'd say a draw. They're very, very you, good outfit. Uh, oh, I don't know. I think, again, like we've only seen Chelsea once this season. I want to see what they're like against Arsenal tonight. Um, okay. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. There's not it's, much you can take away from that. It's so difficult. Game. I mean, yeah, it's not very good listening, yeah. but <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know, <laughs> I really don't know which way to, uh, to call this one I don't know if I'm being optimistic as a Liverpool fan and thinking fan. oh possibly we could do it or they'd be too good for it like I said I think it's a big point in the season for both these teams and we'll know where they stand uh, be a, after mm. this game it'll be a you tight know? game yeah. tight game for sure alright so the next fixture that we want to sort of preview would be Arsenal at home to Chelsea which is going to be played later on so Arsenal have Chelsea later tonight And then they also have City away next week. So, um, I personally think... I'm going to be a bit positive here. I think Arsenal can actually get three points, if not two points, from these two fixtures. Uh, the way I see it, I think Arsenal can actually get a draw against Chelsea tonight. And uh, it's not like they've not before. Uh, Arsenal actually beat Chelsea three times in a row in the last three meetings. And it's not going to be as easy as people think. And uh, Abamayang is back in training. You know, he's he's fit as well. And uh, yeah, so I think that game will be very, very tight. The Arsenal-Chelsea game later tonight. And then um, the City game, however, I, I don't see it any other way. I, I just see City beating Arsenal. What are your thoughts on, uh, on, on, on yeah, the future later? I don't know. Yeah. You are, yeah, you, I feel you're being very kind again. No. Um, unless Arsenal maybe have their full back line, but if they're going to start with the chain... If they're going to defend, like how they defended against uh, uh, Brentford, then no chance. Maybe they have a chance with like Gabriel, Bellerin, and then yeah, Ben White and Tierney, maybe, but if they're going to have similar uh, back line, I know they're going to they're gonna sit more for sure. I think Arteta's going to accept that he has to um, be a bit more contained. Um, but yeah, draw is definitely the the best case result I'd say um, I think against Chelsea they'll struggle especially if Chelsea decide to start Lukaku um, I think Ben White was bullied against Brentford um, yeah. really he was Tony not, won know, almost everything yeah. yeah Tony I mean I don't think Tony is a, you know he's not huge um, yeah. by Premier League standards and he was able to um, win most of the, the aerial battles there I think Chelsea, obviously, if Lukaku doesn't start, they don't tend to play that way. It's more off the shoulder. and um, So maybe it might suit Ben White in that sense. But I still, I just can't see Arsenal scoring against Chelsea, ah. right? So if you're not scoring, obviously, the best-case scenario there is a nil-nil. I can see a draw. But uh, again, I, I just feel on just the way they've been going, I can't see Arsenal keeping them out for a full 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, so which game do you think would be easier uh, for Arsenal, at least? I, I think I the think Chelsea the, game would be easier or the... I think the one thing to say about the City game is they've got a blueprint, yeah. right? A team has beaten yeah. City this season. Whether they can sort of try and emulate what Spurs did, which I think they can. I think the squad defensively is not too dissimilar. So if they can keep it compact, if they can make sure they don't allow space between the fullbacks and the centre-backs that let City in behind. Possibly they might repeat it, but I think again, when we go back to the Spurs game, now we're looking back that they lost fine. But you've got to think about Mares, Mr. Sitter, Cancelo, Mr. Sitter. City, City are a good team. You know, you need a big element of luck um, to beat them as well. 
And I just, just the way Arsenal are, you know, as positive as you want to be, I just don't see them getting any points out of the next two games, um, which is difficult, you know. Yeah, and with, uh, with, with, with the both Chelsea and City having the full defensive backline as well, like Tierney is their main attacking <laughs> output, right? And against Walker, James, and their, their right-sided centre back, I don't think he's going to have much joy at all uh, on that side. And or I don't think Odegaard's going to start the Chelsea game. I don't. Uh, no, he's not. No, he's no, not. He has some he's visa not, issues or something. He's he's definitely. Yeah. Start, so yeah. again, then you know they've been crying out for a number ten because they've been poor offensively. And I just yep. I don't know. City and Chelsea and he, are elite defenses. You know, it's not. Yeah. Even with Alba not, back, he hasn't been the same Alba he was. Uh, no. Alba last season was like. Two, uh, two he's just gone, bro. He's just gone. Yeah. I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, after the contract, contract. he's just fallen off a yeah, cliff. Yeah. I mean, they have done it. Arteta's yeah. done it before, right? He's beaten City in the FA Cup. Um, yes, yeah. he's, he's, he's got the better of them, definitely. He, so he beat Chelsea last season as well. But yeah, that's the thing. I see what the, the only thing I can take away is the fact that they played the way they played against Brentford. That team, there was no cohesion. There was no pattern of play. It was it was very boring, you know. Any Arsenal fan that I speak to, they'll say that game was so boring. There was no excitement, you know. It's the first game of the season with the fans back, and that's how you play, you know. So it, it leads me to think sometimes, you know, I might be going way off here by saying, has Arteta, you think, lost the dressing room? You think these these players sort of like have lost respect for him, you know? Or am I just being too over over the top here? What do you think? Potentially, I think. I mean. It's yeah, the players ultimately have to play for themselves. But I think the players themselves, I mean, they always say Arsenal lack leaders and because based on the yeah. people who they appoint um, yeah. and stuff. But I think it's not just Arteta's fault. I think it's just the whole um, the squad as well as the uh, structure. I, th- I find it hard to, you know, make comments about losing the dressing room and stuff unless, you know, either playing personnel or someone close to the club explicitly say those things. So is it, yeah. But I think the thing with Arsenal is that Arteta's been trying to implement things that he wants the team to play and it's quite evident that the players struggle to to do those things and I don't know if they they can so I mean just one small thing which I've noticed is they constantly try to play out from the back Leno looks like he hates doing that one point during even you know against Brentford they pressed them pretty high and one point Leno was like honestly I'm you know sod this I I'm just lumping this so, mm. it, you know, it comes back to the thing where a point, you know, it's good to stick to their values. It's good to stick to a certain way of play and keep going at it, right? That's your belief. But I think yeah. is Ateta trying to implement a, a style of play? Is he trying to do things with the players at Arsenal, which the players are just are not good enough at doing? I don't know. You know, his background is coming from City. Is he trying to implement stuff that he thought worked well at City? But we're talking about, when we talk about Man City, we're talking about literally the best players. Yeah. Uh, at their at their own positions, do you, do you get what I mean? If you go to yeah, so is and 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 let's be real, that's not the case at Arsenal at the moment. So if you're trying to implement things with players who are not able to, and this might be coming back similar to the things we were saying about Leeds earlier, you're trying to play a high press for players who might not be able to implement it at mm. the highest level. Yeah, is it the case yeah. that you need to literally sit down and be like, this is not working, let me play to the strengths. The core of the Arsenal team are good. Saka, Tierney, Gabriel is a good um, centre-back. I center think back. Ben White is a good player. The core of the team is good. Arsenal good. have spent and they've reinvested in the whole spine in that team for Arteta. They've got him a whole new spine, right? All the way to Ramsdale. Yeah. So look at the strengths of those players and maybe try to to find what suits the players rather than have something in your head and try to force this upon players which is evidently not working on you know he said what yeah. two full seasons now 
Yeah, exactly. That I was gonna say he's been given quite a bit of time now and a time few tra- few yeah. transfer windows. And if he surely if he doesn't see that uh, from the start, then he should be um, adapting to that. So. So okay then. Um, I think that pretty much sums up our podcast for today. But before we end it, uh, we like to play this game. It's called the score predictor. So among the three of us, we give our sort of score lines that we think for these games that we just discussed, the upcoming games. And if we get the correct score line, um, the person gets three points. If we get the correct result, if it's a win or lose, we get one point. But if we get either of those, uh, I mean, we get none of those correct, then it's zero points altogether. So the first one that we want to talk about is um, Liverpool versus Chelsea. Rahul, what is your prediction? Uh, I'm going to be optimistic, I think. So early in the season, I think you need to be. So I'm going to go Liverpool 1-0. I think hopefully we can... Wow. Somehow, hopefully. I think we've been... I mean, we look good going forward. Um, we got options to come off the bench as well. So I think the big question right, mark is whether right. we can keep Chelsea out. And I think if we obviously we can keep them out, I think we've got a good chance. Kaiser, what about you? Yeah, I'm gonna add the Lukaku factor in there, so I'm gonna go with the draw, so one one. Fair. I'm also gonna go for one one. That's all my uh, yeah, my my scoreline is the same as Kaiser's. Okay, so the Arsenal Chelsea game. Um I'm gonna start this one. I think it would be zero zero. I think it's going to be a 0-0, nil-nil game. And uh, what about Euro? I don't see Arsenal scoring. Um, and just based on what we've discussed just now, I see Chelsea winning to nil. So I think 2-0, two 2-0 nil. Two nil Chelsea. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the same result as well. 2-0. Uh, nil. Two nil and Chelsea, I think, yeah, yeah Arsenal's fa- you say Arsenal is at home, but actually I think that might do them... Um, no work against them uh, yeah, yeah because when yeah, the, Arsenal when the fans, fans turn are, against them now they're gonna really be on Ateta's back you know I think yeah. Ateta was very lucky last season no fans in the stadium they play shit also nobody to boo them but this one is gonna be a test alright then we've got our uh, scorelines for that last fixture which is next week Arsenal away to Man City I see this as okay fine I don't wanna say it first so Raul went first, first, first. Okay. Kaiser yeah, yeah. Kaiser Kaiser <laughs> come on um, yeah, I think it'll be... 4-0 to City. No. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, it could be. I'm going to do a modest uh, 2-0. I think Arsenal will hold up well for maybe the first half and then I think City will will grow into it. And, uh, and they'll just yeah, crumble. Yeah. Jackie boy. <laughs> Where are you? 3-0. Uh, 3-0 City. Oosh. Yeah a tough one man um, <laughs> not for CT you said two two points right 2-0 2-0 2 you said they're gonna get two points so where is two points coming two or three you points two losses <laughs> no la I said three either three points no I said either three points yeah either three or, or two points right? two points uh, yeah. yeah so they have to draw both huh they have to win yeah. one. Yeah. I'd have oh to win one draw. but you're pretty sure two losses <laughs> guys nobody <laughs> <laughs> I predicted one draw. I predicted one draw. No, okay. I still think City gonna beat them 2-0. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, Arsenal fans. Sorry. Try to be optimistic. Yeah, fair. <laughs> All right, then, guys. That was your uh, Bola Boys podcast. And we hope to see you in the next one. Take care. Bye. Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Ole. And I think you, 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 you are an ostrich. 
Next Tuesday, April Fool's Day, he's the biggest fool in Manchester. And that is you, David Myers. Football heritage. No one wants to be a fullback as a kid. No one wants to grow up and be a Gary Neville. But unfortunately, crimes and wars will multiply. I love football. <laughs>